Hello, promoters, and welcome to Roll Up, the official Phil Singer Games podcast. I am your host, Sam, and I'm joined this week by both Todd and Mike. Mike, how are you? Fantastic, Sam. Great to be here. Uh, we got a great start to the show, and I thank you for that. And we're going <laughs> to just roll right along and have a, have a great time. That's right. We are, we always keep things rolling on roll up. Uh, well, it's good to have you back. Uh, we, we missed you last week and, uh, it'll, it'll be fun, uh, having the three of us here to chat about some stuff. Todd, how are you doing? I'm doing good, but I don't think we're rolling very responsibly so far. No, I don't know. No, 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 no. I, I, I can't <laughs> practice what I preach apparently. Uh, no, apparently not. <laughs> so well, good to be here. Good to have, good to have uh, all three of us on here too. So yeah. Uh, so this week, uh, we, you know, we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants. We have a little bit of a format, but we didn't put anything together too organized. Uh, we did, however, want to check in with Mike, uh, briefly about his con experience. And I don't just mean the road to Galacticon, but also the eighties wrestling con that you attended with Todd, uh, and, uh, and Barry and Milton and, and others. And, um, I'm curious as to what your experience was like. Uh, and who did you sign? <laughs> so, well, Barry, Barry, Barry wasn't there in person, but he was definitely there in spirit. We'll he, definitely he was definitely that. there via text. That's um, right. But, but he was at the uh, St. Louis one, though. Yes, he was at the St. Louis one the, the next week. Um, but but no, he was. Uh, it, we I will say that we did sign some people. Uh, I did talk to some people who we haven't yet signed, but are hopeful to sign. So. Uh, you know, and um, no, that is not Bret Hart confirmed for whoever was saying that on the boards or whatever. But, uh, you know, I think it'll be I, I think that, you know, there, there there were some cool signings. I think people will will really dig, um, you know, from various spots on the card. Right, Todd? I mean, that, that's how I would describe, yeah. you know, our, our signings. And yeah. uh, like I said, we have some leads, too. So that'll be fun. Um, it was a good con. A lot met some people, sold uh Sold some sets, got some new new game fans. A couple old game fans came up actually at oh, yeah. the table and said, "Oh, I remember this game." And you know, like from the you know the eighties. You know, I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." Yeah, that was good. <laughs> um, you should get back into it now. Um, you know, better than ever. And uh, yeah, and then and I think we got even got somebody shouted us out on a uh, a podcast somewhere. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And there's one guy who so. came up to me. He's like. Uh, just so you guys know, this is my new obsession that I'm just starting today, and you'll definitely be hearing more from me. I'm like, hey, we like that, so nice. that's great. <laughs> that's Very cool. cool. Well, welcome to the addiction. Yeah, um, right. You know, it's uh, it was fun, but that was good. It was plus it was good just to uh, see Todd and Milton. Uh, so you know, we uh, did the con and actually got done earlier. They kicked us out like an hour earlier than we thought they were going to yeah. end everything. They just told us to leave, so we're like, all right, <laughs> good enough. So we. Went out, grabbed a bite to eat, and I made it back to my in-laws' place in time for the Kentucky Derby. So it was like it worked out great, like best of all worlds. Oh, there you go. Nice. Had myself a little, you know, mint julep and watched the horses. So it was it was a good time. Nice. You don't got to go home, but you can't stay here. Um, well, that's cool. Uh, uh, I wish that I could have attended. Uh, it's been a while since I was out in public, um, and. Uh, I am, however. There's well, a reason we don't for let that, you out Sam. there very often, Sam. Very, yeah, that's that's. Uh, uh, forget, forget the court orders. We we probably wouldn't do it anyway. 
<laughs> no, I, I'm certainly looking forward to July. We're like, what, 57 days away, 56 days away, something like that. Um, and uh, uh, as far as Road to Galacticon, your your recollections of the, the, the weekend that was in Filsinger Games? Well, I, I had some family commitments uh, that I had to figure. So I, I jumped on early, was in the uh, – with for the future shock tournaments, um, did some of the discussions. I jumped in. I mean, I know we were talking a bit, uh, of future shock and some other stuff with, you know, some other champion stuff with people in the main room. I, I poked my head into the legends room, I think for about five, 10 minutes, uh, probably 10 minutes and then talked to those guys. Um, you know, flamed out, uh, way too early in the tournament and, uh, <laughs> um, checked out for a little while came back for the, the panel, uh, discussions. Uh, so I, I did see, um, uh, Malenko. That was, I thought a great interview. I think he, he's very, uh, straightforward with his stories, which is kind of cool. Uh, kind of yeah. tells it like it is. And that was neat. Uh, you did a good job with that. And then, you know, did the panels with everybody else. I thought that, um, you know, Tom clearly surprised a couple people. Um, <laughs> I know that. I surprised a couple, uh, one person in particular, uh, uh, who asked me if this was the, uh, the, the con card was going to be Nikita finally. And I said, yes, I don't think they, we were both thinking of the same Nikita at the time, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's, uh, I thought it was a good weekend. I thought, you know, it's always good to get people together. I think that's, you know, we've said this before. I think it's one of the best things that came out of a bad situation with the pandemic was that we figured out a way to connect the community on a different level. And I think it's every time we can get everybody together, it's, it's really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been, uh, happening every time, been a lot of fun. And I think it's certainly, uh, brought the community together, uh, to share the game in a new way, uh, which it doesn't feel new anymore. It's kind of old hat by now. And it's just, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, so I would encourage people to make sure they check out the next one. Of course, there will be a virtual component to Galacticon, but there will be virtual cons, uh, after Galacticon as well. Uh, but we are on the road to Galacticon, the road to Waterloo, Iowa and the Tragosynthes Hall of Fame. Uh, it is going to be a hell of a time. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, I know that there's some exciting names that are going to be there in person. Um, and I'm not just talking about our fellow promoters. So uh, so make sure you, you get your ticket. And of course, if you can't attend in person, there will indeed be that virtual component and there will be uh, some, some con-exclusive cards. Uh, speaking of con exclusive cards, uh, let's give uh, an update on the con exclusive cards for the road to Galacticon. Uh, I know there was some question about those. Of course, the online cards are already available, correct, Mike? Right. Yes. Yeah. The online cards, I think, dropped Monday. Was Monday, it Monday, Monday, Monday night. They got them. uploaded. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're in process on the physical cards. Um, you know, I had, you know, I, I had the you know, death in the family and was, uh, but set things back a couple of days. So we're, but we're, we'll get those taken care of in the next couple of days. Uh, if they're not out this weekend, they'll be out uh, early next week, I believe. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing is, is like in the immortal words of uh, Antonio Inoki, be cool, Ichiban. Um, it, it, it's, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> he didn't say that. Well, um, well also, you know, um, well, the other thing, Sam, is I was going to say is that, you know, I know some people said, well, why were why didn't we print these out before the con and, you know, haven't done. And that's a great question that, that I've had some people ask. And, and the sure. reason is, is that, you know, we are selling some of these cards as special edition, but some of them we're selling as limited edition. And what I don't want to do is, is print, say, 100, right, and then have 125 people show up or 150 and have 155 people show up. Um, so we want to make sure that we print enough that we have enough for everybody who attends and a few more for uh, some of the uh, auctions we do. So, that, that, I mean, we really are waiting to see, before we print, waiting to see how many people we have. Um, it, it's just because, quite frankly, and Todd can correct me if I'm wrong, but we're printing more now than we used to. Yeah, um, no, it's just, definitely true. Yeah. Just yeah. because, um, you know, we have more people attending these and right. buying tickets and things like that. So, yeah. Um, also a reason know, for so the scarcity of sure those early it. exclusives. True, true, very true. And, and, uh, you know, I think that, um, but, you know, it's also just really, I don't want anyone to miss out. If they want to be there, I want them to get the full experience. So it's, you know, we don't want to be like, oh, sorry, you, you, you signed up too late, so you can't have a card now. I mean, that right. just seems. Yeah, yeah. And wah, wah, wah. Right, 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 right. And, and we did put an offer as well out to anybody who attended this con if they missed out on past cons and one of the online versions of some of those past con cards. We were making those available uh, as well. So, you know, definitely you know, if you did attend the con and you're interested, check your email. Uh, yeah, with the update there, we, you know, we mentioned all that and, and how to get those. So I yeah, had a few takers on that. You know, I had the think the question came up for one promoter, uh, before and I'm like, okay, that, that's a great idea. So any of the money that, that's for that is uh, going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, so you want to make sure that that's available too. Um, the, the actual printed cards, we're not making those available because that, that is, you know, more of a, you know, limited collectible. Well, not sure. Nacho Barrera is a hundred dollars online now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's why someone asked me. He's like, even Nacho Barrera. I'm like, yeah, Nacho. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, Todd's a softy. I'll tell I'm you. I'm a softy. Yeah, yeah. I think Nacho Mania should run wild in every online film. That that's just the way I feel. I right. completely I'll, I'll agree. I, you know, uh, unfortunately, Nacho Mania came up against Nick Bockwinkle recently, but I'll get to that later. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great opportunity for online promoters, uh, and even promoters who don't necessarily play online. If you want to get those cards, I mean, that's still a way to get those cards, and there are multiple ways that you could use that in a, you know, actual tabletop setting, uh, if you don't play online. So it's still just a wonderful way to get the card and also support the hall, uh, at the same time, because the proceeds from that, right, uh, Todd are going to the Hall of Fame. Is that correct? Uh, for the, uh, the online cards there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. that for that special that we're running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. special. Yeah, that, all that's going to the hall. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so, so it's a win win uh, with without a doubt there. Um, well, uh, I think that that kind of wraps up that business uh, as far as con stuff goes. We'll talk a little bit about Galacticon maybe uh, towards the end of the show. But uh, you know, one thing that we haven't had a chance to talk a whole lot about, um, in particular, because you know Mike was unable to join us last week, has been Future Shock, uh, and wanted to kind of just open things up because. Sudden death, of course, is a huge happening in the Fed, and just it's it's a big deal anytime it comes around, whether it's in the GWF or now, of course, in the CWF. So let's dig in a little bit. We talked about it briefly at the con. Uh, Mike, floor is yours, man. 
Talk about sudden death, the decision to bring it now, and what you're looking forward to, especially from the results. Not necessarily specifically, although if you have those, you know, sure, throw it at us. Well, I mean, I, I think that, you know, I always loved the original sudden death. Like the very first sudden death Tom did, it was really cool. It was a unique way to sort of pare down the roster. And I, I think that, you know, while I, I, I was, I think I had a couple people tell me that they really liked the roster and it felt fresh and it didn't need this. Right. Th- that's a good thing. But that, that also means you get, kind of get ahead of it. You don't want to be, you don't want it to get stale and then have to react to it. I'd rather keep it moving. Uh, moving forward, um, I mean, the roster is pretty, you know, pretty hefty right now. And I think it, it's, it's at a good point in order to keep doing new characters. Um, you need to send them away. So, um, <laughs> we've sent a couple away, right? I mean, we, 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 you know, Chaos Supreme being obviously the most notable one that's gone away. But, uh, right. I think that, um, this will be, this will be good. And I, you know, I am absolutely, you know, I had, you know, got asked at the con if this was like a real sudden death or was it like the, the one Todd did or Tom did with, uh, Godsend. And no, Godsend's not involved in this one. This one's legit. You know, I am not stuffing envelopes with ballots <laughs> or anything like that. It is uh, whatever the people say is what will happen. Um, you know, I've got, you know, some rough outlines of what I would do if, you know, each team loses. Um, but I'm, I, I'm sort of like, you know, like everybody else right now, I'm waiting to see what happens, but I'm really excited for it. Um, you have, do a, have some really cool. So I was just going to say, do you have like a cutoff date in mind for when you want to have all those results in so that you can integrate that into the writing for the next chapter? I, I don't have it yet. Um, so, you know, we're going to probably get through Galacticon and then start talking about next year's schedule and what we're doing. And so that, that'll be when I'll probably set, you know, come up with a deadline. Once I have no, when I have to have mine done, um, that, that, that my part done, then, then I'll set a deadline so I can meet that deadline. Sure. Sure. If that makes well- any sense. It absolutely does. And I think we were getting ready to actually talk about this. So I apologize for interrupting, but I'll go ahead and just prompt you with the question because something that I spoke about recently in another little endeavor that I'll talk more about later is how beneficial it is in this game to sort of have your branching storylines that you don't get married to one direction. So knowing that there are people that you could, you know, end up having to, to write out uh, unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you, how are you prepared? Oh, there's some I don't. Uh- I, in some ways, I'm really not. Well, um, sure. You know, but, you know, it, in some ways, it's, it's, you know, I have to just sort of let it happen and then kind of react. I mean, like the, the, the gladiator storyline, you know, I mean, I, you know, it's, it, I don't really want any of those characters to go. And I wasn't, sure. I, I, you know, truth be told, I wasn't going to have them in the, the sudden death at first. It was just yeah. going to be a, a side thing. Like, and I was going to say, oh, I was, you had to have four more wrestlers in your team to make it happen. And I was like, this is stupid. The gladiators <laughs> would never like chicken out. Like that's not like they, they would demand to be in it if they were excluded. So I was like, yeah, just throw them in. And so now I'm like, I mean, I've got, you know, I mean, minister of war, you know, is my heavyweight champ. You know, he's involved in this. You've got malice and overkill you know, or two, I think, really fresh takes, you know, it's similar, but fresh on 
some great characters, you know, a new character in Rumble, and then and May- Mayhem Unleashed, you know, another uh, you know, fresh take on a on, on an old character, and then you know that um, that what's that guy's name? P twelve, right? He doesn't go. <laughs> you can't call him that other name, okay? You know, but but uh, that the P twelve, um, he uh, I really like that character. That was yeah. that was a tough one not to tease. Um, but I kind of wanted to give everybody a holy moly kind of right. moment when they opened the envelope. Yeah, that was. I tried to give I... one. It... Go ahead. Yeah, I tried to give people both, like one, both in the book and in the cards. Like, so the, the P twelve was the card, right? That was the the holy moly, and then the sudden death was the book moment. Yeah, I, I think both worked out, and and you know, we talked briefly uh, about it at the con, uh, you know, with P twelve and and having that kind of that shock factor. Um, I would love to just get as as deep as we possibly can on the you know the genesis of the idea to bring P twelve in to to have that character in the mix in the way that you did and why you chose. Because again, we talked about this briefly, the fact that Vengeance and Mayhem Unleashed have really been seen as bad guys, you know, that, that, that of all the people, I think, in the CWF, if you had to point out a couple of people and be like, oh, that's a bad guy, certainly Minister of War was going to be one of the bad guys. And yet the way that P12 comes in and the way that it's set up against the other gladiators, it's hard to not kind of root for him. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, um, I owe, always wanted to bring in um, some variant of thunder into this. Like, and my original like rough outline was when malice came in with overkill, it was going to be malice overkill and thunder. Mm-hmm. And you were going to have, um, but it was going to be different because you would have had malice stay the singles guy and thunder and overkill never break up as a team. And I thought, that was an interesting, you know, different, you know, sort of what if in history, right? Uh, GWF yeah. history. Um, but then I thought that was too, you know, it, it, it wasn't different enough. Like I liked it. If I'm going to use, um, existing characters that Tom's told stories with, um, you know, I want to give people something different, like a different take and something that's believable based on the character as you know them. But not, you know, but, but not, you know, you want to give enough of the character that's the same, but you also want to do something different. And I felt, you know, holding him back and not putting him in right away was sort of the way to accomplish that. Yeah. So that's why he didn't come in at the same time. Uh, were you always, I mean, obviously not, but, uh, you know, it took four sets to get there. And would, mm-hmm. would you have ever, thought of a way to bring him in sooner, you know, in set two, I mean, obviously you would have probably done set three if you were going to bring him in with, with malice and overkill, but was there any ever thought, you yeah. know, you said you wouldn't have brought him in right off the bat. Was there any thought to bring him in set number two? I, I thought about bringing all three. Uh, when I originally was thinking about it, I was debating when it was. The only thing was, is I didn't want the portal to be open and just, you, you could just, part of the, you know, the, the whole plot device around the, uh, the portal closing and not just being open all the time. And even in the best of days, it wasn't always open, right? It, it opened in intervals. It, to me, that doesn't, I can't have the crutch where every year I can just bring in Tom's guys and spice things up, right? I've got to sort sure. of play in my own sandbox 
and I can I can dip into that every once in a while, but there has to be some early. So no, I never planned on it being the first two years just because I wanted that portal to be closed. Um, but I did think about bringing in all three of them at once. Um, and then I substituted Rumble in and, um, I didn't want, uh, I thought about P12 coming in at that time as well, but I just thought that was too much. I right, thought it'd be more dramatic four. to have him. And, and, and that's why, you know, he's, he is the guy who is the last guy who gets through the portal at the end of 2117's booklet. Um, that's, that's yeah. P12 who's okay. coming through if people haven't pieced that together yet. But, um, because, and, and, you know, he's, but he's playing the long game. Like he's not looking to just be rash and crazy. He, he wants his, you know, he wants his, ven- his, re- his vengeance, if you will. <laughs> um, but, uh, so that, so that was, so I thought about it, but I, I dim- dismissed it pretty, pretty early on in the process that I wasn't going to bring all four of those guys in at once. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I think that the, the way that he comes in, and again, the fact that he's coming in with vengeance and mayhem, it makes the most sense story-wise. And I love the fact that it wasn't just a given, that there was a process to getting to that place in the development of the story to say, oh, this is the way. And I think that, it again, it just works so well. Um, I could not imagine him coming in earlier. I personally would have been disappointed if we would have gotten kind of this, you know, thunder that didn't quite measure up. You know, you, you said that I believe during the, during the con about the fact that, you know, you didn't want to kind of sully the, 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 the name, the legacy of thunder by bringing him in as being kind of a B plus player, as opposed to being the A plus player that he, that he was. So, um, so it just, it works on so many levels. And I really appreciate the fact that there was, there was thought and care and development that went into it, that it wasn't, again, that it wasn't just a given like, Oh, I'm gonna do this. Um, and, and that kind of story craft, uh, I think pays off. And, and, and the fact that you don't just, you know, kind of barrel in and, 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 you know, go with the first draft. Um, I want to move away from the gladiators for a moment. And I actually want to take a step back off of new names and, and ask you about fraternity. Um, mainly because I, I feel like there, there's been some interesting stuff that's happened with those two over the course of the four years. And yet I, we haven't clearly, we haven't gotten there yet, if you will. Um, so I would love, you know, even if you can tease a little bit, uh, because there, you know, there had been talk early on about like, potential tension with star slayer. There was talk about, you know, the difference in, in, in their styles and, you know, and, and their personalities, uh, uh, you know, and w- would Nebula be able to, uh, you know, reign Centauri and would they, you know, would they be able to have this team? So I'm curious as to kind of what your perspective is on the team in 2118. And if you can give us any hints for where they might be headed. Well, I wasn't prepared for that question. But I, I'll go ahead and answer it anyway. Um, I, I have some ideas on what I want to do with them. I've had ideas on where I wanted to go. I felt like, um, you know, there's obviously some frustration and tension there uh, um, that you can see that, you know, just Nebula's character would indicate that um, maybe there was. And, and it's been directed uh, in a positive manner, right? You know, he's 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 going after, you know, Oracle's team and now, um, the Hitman team, but, but it's, it's a, um, I, I think that there, there, 
Sudden death will be interesting to see what happens, right? I mean, if they yeah. lose, could that be a, a, a powder keg moment, right? Is it, um, if they win, you know, does he feel like he's validated? Or does he feel he needs to do more? Like, you know, it, it, and how does Centauri feel about all this? Like, you know, you know, he's obviously with his brother and he's back with his brother, but they have slightly different personalities. And how does all that, do they stay together? Do they split up? I mean, there, there's, Lots of options. I mean, I've been happy that they've been well-received so far. They seem to be doing well for a lot of people. Um, and so I haven't wanted to mess with that because I haven't felt – I felt like the story has been kind of going – again, you talked earlier about not rushing stuff. I didn't feel it needed to be uh, – I didn't need to hot shot that one. I think that yeah. one can simmer a little bit more. W- uh, w- will Star Slayer potentially come into play at some point with – the trajectory of that team or just in as individuals. Well, and it would be interesting to see what people do with sudden death, because obviously there's a lot riding on, and there's a, there's a connectivity on this, right? Lance Atlas's career sort of depends on the three teams doing well, right? Mm-hmm. And he can't lose all three of those feuds. So, right. You know, the stars, if, if, if let's just say for a minute that, um, Heritage starts falling behind in their sudden death feud. And, you know, does Star Slayer take it upon himself to start offering advice over there, right? Does he view himself <laughs> as the, right, the big dog? Does he, does he upset them that way? Or, you know, what happens? There, there's lots of, there's lots of things that can happen there. So I, I think that, yeah, could it happen? Sure. Have I decided definitively? No. Again, like I said, a lot of things I have like these thoughts on where I want to go with stuff, but I really need to see what happens with with right. sudden death before I can decide on some. Of it. I mean, some of it I know what I'm going to do, but but in some cases it really is up to uh, up to you, promoter. So uh, I'm going to jump in with a please. quick question. So with you know, I know obviously the banishments coming out. You said you have a good idea, or do you think like depending on what combinations would that maybe influence your banishment, or do you kind of have an idea, kind of going in if a certain team loses, this is most likely the guy? I would say I have. I think I know who I'm going to banish for each team, um, okay. but I'm not necessarily happy with that choice with a couple of them. So I think that like you, you, know, you, 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 you well, I mean like. The gladiator ones is perfect example of it, right? Like, I don't want any of those guys to go. Sure. But I kind of got to play by my own rules, right? And it's so, you know, it, it's tough. Um, so I may change my mind on that depending on what happens. Um, and it also can depend on how decisive is the victory, right? Does, is somebody winning, is it 52 48 or is it like 75 25, right? That can, you know, you can have guys who are, you know, it can mean the difference between a rank and file guy should go or a leader should go, right? You know, like mm-hmm. there, there can be people can feel differently about things. So it's, uh, I, I, I would say I have an idea who I think is gonna be sort of on the chopping block, uh, for each one of them, but I don't, um, I haven't decided for sure yet. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask as a follow-up to the fraternity question is, is knowing where Nebula's analog in, you know, the, the, the prime universe is in 2119, uh, any, any thought given to kind of what that year means for that character and how it 
influences you in future shock or is it something that, cause we've talked a little bit about this before about the influence of, you know, what might've been happening in the GWF in a given time or a place, or is it just something that it's sort of like, well, that's what happened over there, but I'm doing my own thing over here. Um, I would say more than anything else, I looked at it as, um, I, one of the reasons I didn't want to hot shot any storyline there, if, if there was going to be either, I don't even want to say a break of, of fraternity, but an evolution of fraternity, mm-hmm. um, that I, I figured 2119 was a big year for, you know, Nebula bloodline. Yeah. Um, and so it, it made sense to let it keep, going because i didn't need to rush it right you know, it sort of speaks to it well and you you mentioned evolution as speaking of somebody else who had a big year in 2119 in the gwf i mean obviously mm-hmm. disaster was certainly one of the you know the headline guys uh of, of that year as well along arguably along with um uh in game and incubus i think that those those were kind of the big four at that particular point in time in the gwf um yep. Now we don't have an incubus or an in-game analog, but knowing that 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 we do basically have disaster and and, and bloodline represented in in the CWF, um, I yeah, I'm kind of curious as to if it, you know, again, not that you're specifically going to do something in 2119 just because it's 2119 and you've got sudden death going on and all that sort of stuff, but just considering how important they were to the fabric of the GWF and knowing that you're coming into that new beginning year when things kind of restarted. Um, is there any thought given to where they're going to be specifically going forward? Um, or is it just things are on hold until sudden death resolves? Um, well, I mean, I've, you've clearly laid the message out there that I can't screw this up because they're important. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, I, I, uh, no, I mean, I, I think that I have ideas, um, you know, for where uh, I think evolution's story is going and where Nebula's story is going. And I, I will say it will be, no matter what happens uh, with sudden death, it will be, it won't be the, we're not going to wake up and it's going to be 2119 new beginnings all over again, right? There'll be something, both of them have taken different paths to this point. So the path forward will be different for both of them. Um, but it could get, uh, I'm hoping it, it gets interesting for both of them, for people. I hope I give everybody something that uh, they may be, you know, I think Tom once said to me, you know, you've done it right when people don't see it coming, but they look back and say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And, sure. you know, that that that's sort of what I'm hoping I get out of those guys is that, you know, it, it, people look back at it and say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Well, so. I think the the reason why I'm spending so much time uh, on these characters is because, I, I mean, not only were they important characters to me, you know, in my GWF, but I immediately was able to be invested and attached to their storyline when the first Future Shock set came out. And mm-hmm. I think that both of those cards are, especially Evolution's Upgrade, I mean, those are top tier guys, no matter how you slice it. You look at those mm-hmm. stats, like there's no reason why either one of them can't be holding, you know, the championship at some point in time. So it's one of those situations where you kind of look at the cards and you say like, they've got all the tools storyline wise, they've been kind of otherwise engaged, you know, maybe not evolution so much because he's certainly been, I think in the mix, especially with the, the, the feud with, you know, Mr. Yeah, War. I mean, if you look, you know, with his feuds, yeah. With the, I mean, feuding with the minister of war and malice that, that sort of puts him on a, a I would say a more main event 
um, Plateau and, and the prime colonizer. Like these are all, you know, a players that he's been, but, but to your point about Nebula, he's been in a tag team. He's not been that, you know, in, certainly in a, a main event caliber tag team though. I mean, like not, you know, not absolutely. I mean, they main evented, yeah, they main evented for me, but he's not been yeah. a heavyweight title contender for right. most people. I, right. I think that's true. Um, Anyway, uh, uh, so I, I certainly wanted to talk a bit about, uh, Peerage. We, we, you know, were able to touch on him just briefly, uh, at the con and, and neglected to talk about him more in depth. I think, you know, probably one of the more, more auspicious debuts, uh, uh, and that's saying something considering the way P12, you know, debuted, but, uh, I thought Peerage's debut was handled really, really well. I, I, I kind of love what it means and, and sets up, uh, uh, talk about the sort of the genesis of that character and, and, and bringing him in, you know, in, in particular, you know, kind of have how he fits in, uh, with Prince of the Rose and, and the rest of the, um, uh, you know, uh, future shock. Well, I, I think that um, I needed something for Magnus Colby to do. He couldn't just sit, you know, it didn't stri- Magnus Colby never struck me as the kind of guy who just sat back and said, okay, let's see what circumstances dictate to me, right? He wants to dictate circumstances. Sure. And so, you know, he had the opportunity to make some moves, and he did. Um, you know, he's obviously, you know, had a pipeline here and a window into – um, you know, Prince of the Rose and, and who, you know, his training. And then, you know, he obviously had training partners and, and here, here he comes, here comes one. Right. So <laughs> I always wanted there to be sort of that, um, contrast, like, you know, Prince of the Rose is, is like, you know, obviously royal. He's, uh, entitled. He's obnoxious, but he's not a big guy. He's a very talented guy, but he's right, not a big right. guy. And so. Yeah. You would think that that obnoxious kind of smaller guy would probably have a big dude standing behind him going, go for it. Right. You know, like, I mean, sure. you know, like it's, you know, yes, you know, I'm going to smack you around if you even look at him the wrong way. And that's, that's, right. you know, and, and peerage is just as obnoxious and just as entitled and, and, you know, but, you know, except with, you know, Prince of the Rose, he, he Prince of the Rose is his guy and he's, but everybody else is, you know, they suck, right? You know, and <laughs> that's just that's just how he feels about life, you know. Yeah. And yeah, and he is a physical specimen. He's a, he's a, he's got he's a good looking guy. He knows it, and you know he's gonna let everybody. You know, he doesn't care. You know, like yeah, I, I'm awesome. What, what what what's it to you? Right, um, right. And you know, I I think that it's it's fun to have feels. I I feel like we sometimes have to complicate everything, you know, in life now, it's like, everybody's got to have this big, deep story and you know what? Sometimes people are just jerks and (laughs) and he's just a jerk. I mean, that's, that's, there's no more explanation than that. And you know, he's, he's fun and, and he's good though. And he's got room to grow. So I, I like that. That was going to be my next question. As far as having that room to grow, do you, you know, do you have, a, a trajectory for him kind of laid out in your mind of where you'd like to see him go and grow. And, and, and you know, is, is this the type of character that like, Oh yeah, there's an update down the line. I would think so. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, uh, I've got, got some thoughts. I mean, a couple different ways this character can go. Um, but I think, uh, regardless of which way he goes, I mean, I think he's got a little bit of, a little bit of room. I mean, I'm not, 
looking to give him a plus five finisher or anything like that. But I, I think that there's some <laughs> some definite rooms to you know. I mean, he's got a cool finisher as it is right now. Um, yeah, you know. So I, I I like the old school piles driver in. It's kind of you know it's 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 a, it's a good move. So it's uh, I, I think that uh, we'll we'll keep him going. He's a big guy, and uh, you know, big guys tend to you know be impressive at some point. Do big things. Um, so before, before we move on to other things, uh, you certainly want to talk a little bit about Oracle, um, and, and what's going on over there for him and the alliances that he has formed. Um, I know that there's not a whole lot to say because obviously where that story is headed is perhaps the biggest story that we have had, you know, running throughout these past four sets. But, um, are you, are you happy with where that story is right now? Because it certainly felt like it was a little bit less of the focus in 2118 than it had been in the, the previous three sets. Um, while still obviously clearly having some big stuff coming. Yeah. Well, I, I think that part of it is it's such a big story that it's, um, it's big even when you don't realize how big it is, if that makes any mm, sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about it, the whole sudden death thing is in response to Oracle. Like that, you know, Lance Atlas comes up with it because of what Oracle's cooked up and what he's doing. And Vagabond Warrior comes in because Oracle's there pulling his shenanigans with his guys. Um, so, uh, you know, in some ways this is, 2118 is sort of the, the, uh, the reaction to everything Oracle's been doing. And Oracle's still doing stuff, right? He's, he's put together a whole new team, right? He's had, um, you know, Calamity put together an entirely new team for, you know, at his direction, right? He's, he's sort of keeping Murdoch placated, right? Yeah. He's, he's balancing that out. Like it's a, he, he's still doing stuff. And it's like, it's just that he's been so big that you say, well, what's the big deal there? He, he's literally in the headline feud for, and, and, and the, and the whole headline storyline wise, sudden death is a reaction to him. So I, you know, I, I think that there, you have to have some crescendos and it, 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 things go up and down in terms of volume but he's still right in the center of everything. Yeah. So I think from that standpoint, I'm, I'm happy with it. Uh, I think that, you know, there's, well, there'll be some level of resolution to the story in the next cycle. So, and, and if his know. team loses, he could always say his team was undermanned. He had one less than the other team. And you know, that they could always pull that. Oh, he would out. never do that. <laughs> <laughs> entered the spin zone. Um, no, I, well, <laughs> look, I, um, continue to just love future shock. And, uh, it is to my own private shame that I have not been able to play more future shock, but that is something that I plan on amending very soon. Uh, because much like you mentioned about that other commenter, I want to be a part of a live sudden death too. Um, so I'm really looking forward to, to getting the dice rolling on that. Um, and, um, yeah, I think unless there's anything else that you want to add, Mike, it's a perfect chance for us to maybe move, the ball forward here at roll up. 
I, I think we can roll on. All right, sure. let's roll on. So, um, something just popped up on my screen. I got a notification and, uh, I figure it's a perfect way to segue into our next topic. And we're not going to, you know, belabor the point mainly because I haven't been watching. So I don't have a whole lot to add and I'm usually the most verbose. So, uh, that said, <laughs> I got a notification that rolled over my screen about Tony Khan announcing that the premiere episode for AEW Collision, which is their new Saturday evening show, will be taking place. In Chicago, Illinois, at the United Center on uh-huh. June 17th. Okay. Now, what about that Special. means? What anybody thinks? Col- Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana in the main event. <laughs> Look, I like Colt. I like Colt. Is that, much is that who, not, who you were thinking? But, uh, but he's not going to. He's not going to sell at the United Center. All due respect, Cole Cabana is not going to sell at the United Center. Um, there is, however, a Chicago native that, regardless of how anybody feels about him at this particular point, is still capable of doing so. In my mind, uh, whether or not he's actually going to be there, who knows? However, if I was a betting man, I would say that Tony probably wouldn't have booked the United Center if he wasn't going to have him. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, AEW has There's talk of the backup uh, backup venue there, but uh, yeah. yeah, I'm glad it sounds like that's not the case. Right. So, so, so you, what you're saying is Ace Steel might be in the house. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, they'll have to muzzle him. Um, so, so, uh, uh, that said, it is a big weekend for AEW, double or nothing weekend. We got the four pillars main event, uh, going on. Uh, again, I have not been paying hardly any attention to real world wrestling. Um, I saw, uh, Becky Lynch's promo from Monday night, which was awesome. Um, and, uh, it's funny though, because sometimes I come to these things after the fact, and I'll be brief on this point, but I come to these things after the fact because I'm not watching the show live, because I just don't have the time and, and the drive to do so, frankly. And oftentimes I, you know, something will pop up in my feed and that'll kind of lead me to say like, oh, I'll go check this out. And I check it out and then inevitably I have to, you know, listen to some of the pundits and, uh, I always have to roll my eyes at some of the commentary because Apparently, apparently, I, I, I was unaware of this. There's some sort of notion that Becky Lynch had kind of lost her mojo and, 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 you know, people weren't interested in her anymore. Uh, as far as I know, she's still the number one merchandise mover in WWE for last year, even, you know, over Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns. Uh, so I, I just don't know what the hell people are on about sometimes. And I, it, it just boggles my mind. That said, it was a fire, fire, fire promo. And, uh, uh, I also saw the, uh, Cody Rhodes saga, uh, with Brock Lesnar over the course of the show, which is interesting. I, I, to be completely frank, I have mixed feelings on the idea of trying to sell a broken arm, you know, and him wrestling with a broken arm because it's like, yeah, he wrestled with a torn peck, but that's a little bit different torn than peck, a broken arm. Him. Well, I don't know. You know. I don't know. We'll see. Well, Bob Orton did it for years. Come on. <laughs> yeah, come on. Just get a cast. <laughs> I stand corrected. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, so, so, so yeah, there, there, there are my takes because that's about the only thing I know about either promotion right now, really, that's going on. Um, so Todd, you're, you're the one that's probably going to know more than, than, than Mike and I. Uh, fill us in. What's happening? What's the haps? What do we have to be excited about? All right. Well, let's see. Well, well, we'll start off on Saturday. I guess we got Night of Champions or maybe Afternoon of Champions, considering it's on at like oh, right, one or something like that. You know, Saudi or, Arabia. Uh, by, you know, twice oh, a year, Lord. Saudi Arabia romp there, which, yeah, you have your own feelings there. 
Interestingly enough, uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens will make their first trip over to there. I guess uh, some political things have been settled in the meantime or whatnot. And yeah, maybe there's some extra, you know, bula getting thrown around. Who knows? Uh, but, you know, that'll be interesting. I think that's that's probably the, you know, I think it's really, you know, I, I, I haven't been following as much week to week. I, I mean, I listen to a lot of the you know, podcast commentary. I'll, I'll watch just some Smackdowns here and there. Uh, watch a couple promos on Raw, but you know I'll watch the I'll watch the events themselves. But I, I mean, to me, it's kind of seems like a two match show for the most part. I mean, I guess there's a there's a lot of good women's matches. Honestly, you know, I think the women's wrestling matches are probably going to be the ones that could steal the show. You got Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus, Rhea Ripley versus Natalya, and Bianca Belair versus Asuka. I think all all those should be excellent. But yeah. uh, really, it's uh, it's the the, the tournament final for the uh uh world heavyweight championship or the we don't want to take a belt off a roman championship um <laughs> you know uh kind of kind of interesting yeah i mean uh, when everything was kind of announced like, even before you know when they first put the, the belt out there i'm like okay well it's seth seth rollins's belt to win um and now you know they had the whole thing where like you know we need we need a champion for raw so what do they do they have a champ, a, a tournament bracket on Raw and a tournament bracket on SmackDown. I'm like, wasn't this supposed to be a bill for right. Raw? But, and I guess, you know, they'll do a whole thing. You know, AJ Styles is in it, and I guess they'll move him over. I, I don't know what's going on. Well, they, they, very, I think they said on the last show, because I was kind of confused by that too, yeah. that, that, that the champion would appear on both brands or something. They tried to like say that like he wasn't going to just be on the one brand because that was what Roman did. And so this was going to be like sort of a, I mean, the whole thing has been kind of like, you know, putting down Roman on the side, like, you know, Triple H. I, I don't know. It's very weird. You it's know? been very weird. It has been yeah, very it, weird. It's very surprise, freaking surprise. Like, yeah, the old man is back but in charge. That, you can expect things to be weird and clunky. Well, you know, I, I think that it'll be interesting to see now that, you know, they've, I mean, you know, they've gone full, you know, bloodline breakup, you know, here, right? Where, you know, Roman's like calling out the Usos and, saying that he and Solo are going to win the tag titles now. And how do you manage all that, right? And then you also that, have that, a little that, tension that, with Roman and Solo in there, too. Mixed in. Like, right, because right, he bumped him bumped walking out of the ring. Right? Yeah. Oh, you bumped me. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You know, it's a, so it'll be they've, – they've clearly put some tension there. Um, you know, I – it'll be interesting, I think, that that, that match. I, I don't – I don't see the purpose of, you know – Roman winning the tag titles here, although to your point, Vince has done that before. It wouldn't be the first time Vince has booked something like that. So he needs four it, title belts to come to the ring with. Come on, you know. <laughs> well, Solo might walk out on him. He'll walk out exactly. Roman is the tag team champion. That's it. Just Roman. He doesn't need a partner. He is. Yeah, he's got all the. He's got all the belts there. Yeah, it's the, you know, like Paul, oh. poor Paul Heyman will become a pack mule. Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> Sweat more than he but does. I, the <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. But but I, I think that um, you know AEW. I have to say, like the four pillars. I love the concept. I haven't been really thrilled with the execution on that. Yeah. Um, you know, Max has done Max kind of things. Like he's been, you know, he's MJF. Right. I mean, he he's been doing his typical thing. But I feel like when he's not on the screen, it's sort of dragging a bit. 
Yeah, it just kind of kind of showed that the other guys are really not on the same level, at least you know in right. presence and stuff. Not like yet, that. not yet, not yet. Not yet. Um, and I think they all have like, great characteristics and whatnot, and I think they're all really great parts of the show. But they're none of them are a threat, really. You know, yeah, right. I mean, you just feel like you you don't. I mean, and I I always hate to root for a heel because I feel like I'm doing a disservice to their work. Right? I mean, they're they're playing a heel. I should root against them if they're yeah. doing a good job. Right? Um, but I kind of want Max to retain. Oh, like, sure. It's like, you know, you know, it's like, come on. You know, it's, it's, it, I don't think any of those, the I'm, other three guys are ready to do it. I'm in a weird position here because I agree with everything you just said, except for the fact that I don't want Max to retain. I think Max's title reign has been boring for me. I have zero, I have so much less interest in, in MJF right now than I did before he won the belt. It's, it's, it's just, it's not fun. Well, I feel like they, I feel like they botched the whole firm storyline with yeah. MJF. Like that's the part that they had that there. Then they decided to blow it up for whatever reason. And I, to this day, I'm not sure why they blew it up, but then now you have the obvious, like, okay, you, you know, we, we're going to get our, you know, get ours back now. Right. I mean, you know, Stokely Hathaway could have been throwing, you know, Big Bill, you know, you know, he's got it, all ego. He's, you know, he, you know, there's so much that could be done there, um, that they didn't do. And it's sort of stale now, right? I don't think that's, I mean, all, well, I, I guess mean, the other thing, one promo away from making it work, but, but it's like, oh, it's just been right. sort of weird the way it's, it, it's, um, that's all rolled out. And cause, you know, he's a heel and you know, they're heels. And so why'd they break up in the first place? Like it's supposed I, to be a loose confederation. Anyhow, you didn't need that. But I yeah. think, I think my thing is, is that like MJF, as far as I'm concerned, has not grown one bit since the feud with CM Punk. That was the last time I saw growth and depth from his character. And that's been what a year. And in that year, since we've, since, you know, I, I just feel like I've not gotten almost a year. I've just not gotten anything from him that's new or different. I Everything I, I, is exactly I, I, the same week in and week out. I, I liked, I liked what he did with, with uh, William Regal and Mox. I thought that was a good uh, push forward with the character. I feel like since then, it's just sort of been like, okay. Mm-hmm. what's you know like where what's next and this pillars thing just didn't didn't do it for me i guess is the bottom line um you know and i and i love um like i think i think they've done some great things with each one of those guys darby allen in particular i think they've done some really good stuff i thought you know jungle boy and christian was a good program but i'm just not feeling the four of them when like when they do like the the promos it's like it gets interesting when MJF gets in there mm-hmm. and, but, but it's, Until then it's, it gets a little it, clunky. Yeah. 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 It feels, it's, it feels a little, a little forced. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they have, uh, I really with Sammy Guevara, you know, this back and forth where he's, you know, he's, you know, you know, in it, uh, you know, and, and insulting everybody. And then he's bought out by MJF. And then all of a sudden that he's trying to be a good guy again. It's just kind of like, I'm like, He's, yeah. he's a heel. Like, you know, yeah. like he's part of the Jericho Appreciation Society, right? I mean, like, he's a heel. Like, just don't try and make him babyface. Just 
let him be his character. I feel like that his character is probably, I think, taking the biggest hit in this because he looked like he had gone beyond like, you know, C plus player character. Like he was always better than that in the ring, but his character wise, he was just sort of off on the side. And it had felt like in recent months he had sort of been stepping up and looking like he was, and now he looks like he just sort of lost his character again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. Well, there's the one, there's one MJF match that's, you know, I mean, obviously assuming he's going to go there, there's kind of two different matches that have been kind of tossed around. Uh, one is like the, the, to follow up this up. One is Adam Cole, which they kind of already done and, and visited. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's further down the line. Maybe they still got to get to that. But there's another one that a lot of people are talking about, and it was actually teased during the buildup of this. That could be really interesting, and that is a matchup with Sting, uh, which is de- definitely a lot of people are talking about that being a possibility, maybe even for the uh, All In show, like a title versus career type of thing or something like that. I think that could get pretty interesting if they, we get to that case. Because then you got two guys who are both pretty uh, good on the stick. But again, a lot of speculation at this point. I heard but. Bill Goldberg's available. Yeah. <laughs> Goldberg funny to have- Friedman. <laughs> the match. <laughs> oh god. I want to see Darby and Sting versus Max and Goldberg. That's the match wow, I want to see. The tag that. match, you know? <laughs> if I wasn't afraid that Goldberg was accidentally gonna kill Sting in the ring, I'd be all for it. This is true. Yeah, he um, might kill Sting. You're right. <laughs> you know, the I thing mean, is can you imagine him spearing Darby Allen though? Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. There would literally be like he would uh, they, he would break. There would be two parts of Darby in the ring. Like it would just yeah. he would be torn in half. Um yeah. You know, the thing is, is like uh, to talk about the pillars for a second, I think that for me, when I look at the the other three besides Max, um, I I, I think that it's strange because Darby had such a strong uh, showing early on in, in, in AEW and got to a point where I feel like he was easily someone that you could have in your main event. And people wanted to see his matches, you know, and, and I think his TNT title run, his first one was stellar. Just, I mean, everything you want from that title, from whoever holds that title. And to be completely honest, I don't know that we have had a better TNT title run since then. Now I would say that Orange Cassidy's, um, whatever the hell they call that belt, international title. Yeah. Uh, uh, has probably almost matched that. But I'm a little bit less interested in it than I was with Darby and the TNT title. Well, you had um, Sting. You had Sting as part of well, Darby's, and I think that that, gave that was it a certainly a part of juice. it. And I think that yeah. the other thing is, is at the time you believed you believed that Darby was going to lose most of those matches. So yeah, when he won, yeah. it was awesome to see him win. And with Orange Cassidy, I feel like we very early on got kind of lulled into this rhythm of like, orange is going to win, orange is going to win, orange is going to win. Now when he loses, I'm sure it'll be kind of like a, whoa, he lost, but I just don't feel like he's had a real threat to the title. Maybe maybe there has one or two, but for the most part, yeah, he hasn't had a real threat to the title. Maybe Um, the Jeff Jarrett one was like the only one I'd say that was maybe uh, just, yeah. There's one other guy that I thought was going to, that could win, but yeah, there's been one or two. He's, he's had a couple, but your point is, I mean, how many defenses does he have now? Like, Oh, like, 20 or something. 20 like something. Yeah, yeah. It's been a lot. Yeah. Now, and now he's, 
Defending the it twenty man battle. battle. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, All right. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. That was <laughs> when I was like, well, if you want to take the belt off of him and leave him strong, I guess a twenty man battle royal is the, the, the way the to way go. go. Yeah. Oh, sorry, twenty one man because it's twenty one man. That's right. Twenty one. I agree with almost everything, Mike, that you said about Sammy. I, I think that, you know, the, the thing is that he's got so much talent. And I think that he, you know, there was a time there where he was a viable baby face. And then all the stuff with Ty happened and, and just, I, you know, people just started to loathe him. Like real, like, you know, go home heat. Not just like, you know, oh, he's a heel and I'm going to boo him. And then I think people started to come back around to him again and, 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 you know, boo him because he's a heel, not because they wanted him off their television. Um, but I feel like, yeah, there's just been so many kind of like stutters along the way. And that has really typified, I feel like the past six to eight months of AEW in general is just, they, they, they just seem to kind of be stuttering along where it's kind of like, Oh, this is going to work. No, this isn't going to work. Oh, this is going to, Oh, this isn't going to work. And at least they don't kill things outright. Like the way that WWE would do where it's like one week, something happens and then it's never talked about again. Um, but, but it's, it, it certainly feels akin to that kind of thing. Um, what, what do you think of the black pool combat club elite thing? Uh, I'll I'll just say, I just want to throw the Jungle Boy thing out there real quick. Jungle Boy to me is the guy that I, I genuinely don't believe out of all four of the pillars that there is anyone that commands the ring in the same way that he does. And that's not to say that he's like a ring general in the same way that like the MJF clearly is or that he, you know, has the same kind of just wild ability that Darby and Sammy do. But I feel like he's probably the purest, you know, baby face that I have seen in a very long time. And he is able to Mm -hmm. command a certain kind of just, just pathos in the ring that, that very few people are. Unfortunately, I feel like you put a mic in his hand and it's, it's not as smooth, you know, that's not to say that there's not been some inspiring moments. There's been, he's he's had a couple of moments. He he needs to play off of somebody else. He can't carry the promo. Exactly. You know, exactly. Like, like he could do it with Christian because Christian could carry the promo and then he could play off of that. Um, I think that he, it like when, and Darby can kind of carry a promo, but not to the degree like, like say Max can. Yeah. And, and, and so when you have, and, and Sammy, you know, isn't, um, great on the stick, right? You know, he's not polished like, Again, like like Max, and so when it's you get a of a that interaction, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, I, I'm not. First off, th- these guys are all great in their own way. I'm not trying to tear any of them down. Oh yeah, just sure. Speaking relatively, right? You know, and and so the problem with the, the, this feud has been they're trying to give it like each guy gets their piece, but it it, it gets clunky the interactions between them when you've got you know again I think you know Darby probably of the three is uh, sort of the most capable of cutting his own promo, but he's not good at leading other guys in a promo. Sure. Right. And so it, 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 and, and jungle boy is like the counter puncher. He's, he needs somebody who's going to carry the promo. So it gets kind of, and then Sammy, it's just not working with those two. Like the chemistry between the three of them isn't there. As soon as Max comes out, I feel like it, it, he, all the, you know, the show lights up, right? And the promo all of a sudden becomes really good when he's out there, but you've had 10 minutes of the other three guys, right? And you're like, you know, yeah. you know it, it, it sort of, it, it, it drags a little bit. And, and I, 
part of it's it's just always four four man promos are always tough anyway, right? To pull off, that's not like an easy thing because everybody needs their their time uh, and the and their spotlight. But it's it just hasn't grabbed me yeah. um, the way I hoped it would. You know, the one thing that I will say is that I, I firm and I, and I will stand by this. I don't think that there are four men better suited to be in a four way match, quite frankly, on this roster than, than these four guys. And one of the reasons why I say that is because it's something that they all have done so many times before in the indie circuit. Like I would argue oh, that they'll like, be great. They, you, yeah, yeah, they'll, be, they'll, they'll be great in the ring. That, that part's yeah. not the issue. It's yeah, the yeah. storytelling. Getting there, that's the, right. that's the issue with it. So you asked me about uh, BCC and the elite. And I, look, when it comes to, you know, when it comes to those guys, I have all the faith in the world in all eight of those guys. Um, I'll watch anything John Moxley does. Uh, I'd watch the guy eat rice. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I think if, if there's one person that I can look to and I can absolutely say, WWE, you blew it, it's John Moxley. Like, John Moxley is, like, John Moxley should be the guy, uh, you know, over just about anybody as far as I'm concerned. Um, and, and, and when you look at what they had in the shield and how badly they ended up fumbling, you know, Mox compared to Seth and, 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 and Roman, it just, it's, it's mind boggling. And part of that, I will admit, I think part of that is, is the blame is his. I don't think that he, I think he was so disillusioned and he was so ground down by the way that that company was run and by the, the lack of creativity and spontaneity that he did not rise to the occasion as often as he could have when he worked there. But if anything, you know, I know, I know uh, a lot of people will, you, you, you know, there, there are people out there and not a lot of people say, but there are a lot, there are people that made fun of like the, the, the promo video that they shot of him, like breaking out of prison when he left WWE. And I'm sorry if anything, I believe that that video has been made more apropos by everything that has happened since he left WWE because his career, since he left WWE, everything he's been able to do, everything he's been able to accomplish. I think it's a testament to the fact that, yeah, he was chained. And as soon as those chains were off, he was able to show us that like, there are few people that can do it the way that he does, you know? Um, so I'll watch him do anything. Uh, I, you know, I love the fact that, that hangman is, is, is back in there with, you know, the box and Kenny and, uh, I, yeah, I just think that these eight guys are going to, they're, 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 they're going to probably steal the show. And, and, and I think that, what's, what, you know, what's you've the got name of the guy, and I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but the, the, um, Japanese guy who, uh, they were like teasing was going to join the elite when oh, John oh, Callis brought him in. Um, yeah. yeah Takeshita. Takeshita. I mean, like, where does Takeshita fit in now? Like that's one thing about the story that like with with the 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 Don Callis turn you're like okay now what does that mean for Takeshita because it looked like he was the it it almost looked like they were going to put him into that match and well, then, then he also had a relationship with Danielson beforehand and Danielson right. was like oh we wanted him for that so he he very well might still play a part into all this I think yeah. right no no but it just sort of it, yeah. it was one of those that that's out there and. The other thing about Mox, interestingly, is he went from being the clear alpha dog, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. in the BCC, to now the number two guy, but he doesn't feel like a number two guy. Like, yeah. he, you know, it, it's, it's, he's deferring, you know, to Danielson, which is, and I'm, you know, Danielson's to me gold. Um, oh, yeah. He's so versatile. Like, it, it, it's amazing. And then you have Claudio, who's the only, title holder in the group, but he's the number three guy. (laughs) It's sort of like this odd, like weird thing going on 
Um, and I love what Wheeler Yuta's done. It's a, it's an interesting direction for his character. Um, but he's definitely the punching bag of the group now, right? Anytime somebody's got to take a, take a bump, it's a good old Wheeler's there to take <laughs> right, it. Right. He's the BCC um, job guy. There you go. Right? I mean, he really is at this yeah. point. Uh, but, but I, I mean, I think that that's, um, I feel like the elite have to win that match or it has to be just a total, like, Dirty finish. Well, there, there's something with Callus I think, though, I, I to to me, and and again, I have not been paying close attention, but to me, it feels like the path that we're on is the one that gets Kenny solo. Um, yeah. Uh, and so I feel like the elite losing makes more sense because it pushes Kenny to you know to getting back to just just Kenny. Um, and, and I, and I kind of feel like that's not only is that what he needs. I feel like that's kind of what AEW needs right now. I think I, I, I don't know how capable physically he is, although, you know, certainly after the cage match with Moxley, it seems like he's plenty capable. Uh, mm. but, but I, I think we need the best bout machine version of Kenny, not the elite version of Kenny. Um, and, and, and I would argue that one of the reasons why we need that is because we need Kenny and Okada, uh, to happen at Forbidden Door. Um, and, and, and I know Kenny wants it and I, I would not doubt that Okada wants it. And I think that it would be to put that match on, on us soil. I mean, Canadian. Oh, right. Sorry. Excuse me. Okay. North American soil. Uh, 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 forgot about that. Um, I think is, is, is incredibly important, um, to, to be honest. So I don't know. Um, it, it also, the other thing is, is I think having the BCC stay together and having those guys in particular, having John and, and, and Brian and, and, and Claudio, um, and, and Wheeler, you know, to an extent, but, but having that, that group together, it, keeps them away from being in the title picture. Because when you look at the roster of AEW, and that's the other problem I have, I think, with Max being the champ right now. Like, I can't help but just be like, why the hell aren't Brian Danielson, John Moxley, and Kenny Omega the ones in the title hunt? And I know that they uh, have traditionally been, but it's just kind of like, who's well, Kenny's the only match they haven't you haven't seen there, though. You've that's seen the true. other two in programs with MJF. Kenny's but that's, the one but, you but I, seen. But I'm asking the question, why is Max even champ? when you have those guys in your roster, because I, because I'm sorry, tell me who, and I'm, and let's pull WWE into this. Who is better than Kenny Omega, John Moxley and Brian Danielson? Well, I, I think that, um, to me, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, mean anything, anything. Brian, who's better? Who's better than those guys? I mean, Brian, Brian Danielson to me is, in his own category in that discussion. I mean, I think he is so accomplished, you know, in terms of what he can still do and what he's already done. Like he, Danielson's uh, amazing. Um, Mox, you know, has been, you know, you know, he really carried uh, AEW through certain things, you know, the, the whole CM Punk thing, post CM Punk thing, you know, he, you know, cancels his vacation and, and goes, you know, you got Jericho there who, you know, he's obviously at the end of his, you know, time at the top, but, but Jericho has been a real useful main eventer for them. Um, you know, Kenny, as much as I like Kenny, he's not quite on that same level as Mox or Danielson. Now maybe winning the title puts him there, right? If he can have another run as a baby face, um, 
Uh, you know, he could be there, or even as a heel, he could do it. But I think he that did the heel thing, um, now, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Is he's already done now. Ric Flair did the heel thing for years, so I mean, you could be a heel, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know like it's not, not the same thing, but yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Drawing a parallel but, between but, I mean, Flair actually, and Omega just caused Jim Cornette to roll over in his grave, and he's not even dead yet. So, I know, I know. <laughs> that's sort of why I did it. I was trying to think of something that would have like, killed a uh, traditionalist like Cornette, but but um, you know, no, I mean, I think that um. Kenny Omega, um, Kenny Omega versus MJF, I think, is the program. You know, one of the things mm-hmm. that I will give Tony Khan credit for is he is not just going with the safe, let me put the belt on the safe guy and who is proven. And, and you know, like, because, right, you could put the belt back on Mox, you could put the belt on Danielson, and no one would criticize you for it, right? Nobody would be like, oh, that's a terrible decision. Um, but I think the, the the real interesting one is, you know, if you I, – I think the program that brings out the best in Max is Omega. Um, because, you know, Kenny Omega is a, a good promo guy. Max is better. But I think that the match in the ring, Kenny could bring something out of Max that hasn't been brought out yet. Like I, I think that that I don't know I think that, that, that I think the Daniels and MJF match was great personally you know that no I'm just saying I think I think no no I agree that. I'm just saying that I think that 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 you know, when when Max gets in the ring with really good wrestlers it brings something else out of him oh sure you know that sure. you don't see and I think Kenny has the ability to do that with yeah. with Max agreed and and it's and so I think that that's that's the interesting new fresh match that you haven't really seen yet. And, I think that's one they can build too, uh, for sure. And and I think that that's, if, if they play it right, they can get there. Um, but, uh, you know, otherwise, who are you building Max up to see? Right? I mean, yeah. who who is that big match? I, I think that's the, I mean, okay, if, you know, again, Goldberg, <laughs> you know, something like that you could bring in in a short-term run. Um, you know, but, but we have, I think that, you know, realistically in the in-house options, I mean, you know, you're not going to put them up against like a Miro because they're both heels, right? You you know, you, it just doesn't really work. So I I think you got to find, you got to find a baby face who can step in there and and feel like he's on equal footing. And I, I think it may be, it might be Kenny. Yeah. You know, but. well, I, I think partly they might be a little, he might be a little hamstrung because I, I really do think they're going to go at least you know, towards the end of the year with Max still as champion playing the whole like contract thing. You know, they've been telling that for two years now, right? You know, so I think they're going to string it along and you know, and maybe it's like you know, a last chance that ha- happens, like on uh, let's see, do they have a you know, dynamite or uh, or collision right around uh, right before New Year's Eve, maybe? Let's see, uh. Yeah, there's there's one on December thirtieth. There's going to be a, a collision. You know, you could easily see that's the championship match right before his contract ends, and maybe that's where it finally happens or something like that. But I, I well, don't, I think that the other thing I don't see him losing anytime soon. You know, looking at the parallels that they've tried to draw storyline wise with him and Punk, like if they yeah. if they continue to go in on that, then he he wins. He wins. He, he wins. Belt, yeah. You know, and yeah. I mean because that's that. I mean that's. That's the parallel, right? You know, so, um, if they, if they decide to continue that, you know, if, if punk is coming back, but I don't know. I, sure, sure. I, I, I just, 
I, I think that Max is capable of great matches. I think for whatever reason, I've just kind of grown a little tired of, of hearing him. I, I feel like I've not. I, I, and Mike, you were right earlier. I mean, there was some good stuff there with Regal and, and, and Moxley, but it also didn't necessarily feel that different from some of the stuff that he had done with Punk already. So that's the reason why I was kind of like, it didn't feel like he'd really, you know, grown or shown us anything new, but it was good. It was good. And I just feel like I've not, I, I feel like what I've gotten basically since, you know, since he won the title has just been the same. I don't know. So, well, I mean, we'll see where they go. I, I, again, it does look like, it does look like Adam Cole's probably the next challenger, or at least that's what they yeah. were going to build to. Um, yeah. I thought the there. match with him, uh, with, uh, Jericho and, uh, strong going in, you know, there. I thought that was pretty fun this past yeah. week. Yeah. yeah. I, I like the little thing is like, oh, it's, uh, you know, is it, uh, uh, you know, falls anywhere and Cole is banned from the building and then they go outside and he's there. I'm like, oh, that's perfect use of the stipulation. Right, 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 right. That. that was, that was great. I, I love that. So, um, but I, yeah, I think overall we got a lot of good things. You know, t- you know, two good women's matches with the Jay Cargill and Taya Valkyrie, Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm rolling it back yeah. after, you know, they, they, they fought the, in, in Jersey in the fall. Um, they had a ladder match with Christian, you know, that's, that's good. You know, right. uh, if that could be fun. Um, FTR versus Jared and Lethal. I mean, I, I mean, I, I cringe when Jeff Jarrett signed, but I gotta say he's been fun so oh, far. Yeah. I think he, he's, he's been really great, you know. Well, and I think putting so, him in there yeah. with FTR, like, I mean, the fact is, is it's like they are going to be able to wrestle the exact kind of match that Jeff Jarrett needs in order to yes. have a great match. And I, and I mean that. Like, I think that they're gonna go, yeah. I think that those four guys are probably gonna have an incredible match. Mm hmm. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. And I guess anarchy in the arena. I mean, the fourth straight year they've done one of these, you know, fight throughout the whole stadium matches, you know, the two uh, stadium stampedes and then the anarchy arenas, you know, four years in a row and double or nothing. It's kind of the tradition with that. I kind of, I've enjoyed all of them. Uh, you know, just, I always like those kind of, you know, crazy, you know, weird things happen match. So I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but you know, I like, I like the garbage wrestling once in a while. So, oh yeah. Well, and I, I think again that yeah. the eight people that you have in the, in the match are capable of, of, of telling an incredible story free of all the gimmicks. And then when you put all the gimmicks in, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Oh yeah, it's, exactly. It's going to be fun. Yeah, and ladies and gentlemen, just in case you didn't already know, it's going to be bloody. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, really, really, with John Moxley, it's going to be bloody. Huh? Interesting. He, he, he wakes up with a crimson mask. Um, there, there's your bold statement for the evening, folks. Bold statement from Sam Fain. There you yeah. go. There you go. Uh, well, look, you know, I, I, I think it'll be a, a fun, a fun weekend of wrestling. There's also a ring of honor show, uh, happening as well. Um, that I know. And an NXT about. show too. I think yeah, NXT is going NXT opposite, <laughs> opposite of AEW, you know, All right, I, I well. thought they learned their lesson on that one. Oh, well, well <laughs> listen, they'll, they'll get some people off of it, but you know, and, and we'll see Carmelo Hayes and Braun Breaker again. I'm sure that'll be, I'm sure it'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, from from the real world back to the tabletop, uh, Todd, you have some results to report, don't you? I do, yes. Uh, knowing we were recording here, I was able to run two more brackets for the oh my goodness, uh, sir. Legends World Cup. So uh, I can go through both of them. Which would you prefer me go through first? I have the Mid-Atlantic bracket and the Minnesota bracket. Let's start off with Minnesota. 
Minnesota, eh? All right. So uh, yeah, this bracket featured uh, Kurt Henning, Nord the Barbarian, Rick Rude, and Nick Bockwinkle. I know oh, Nick is from California, oh. but we, we know he's a Minnesota you know, guy there. <laughs> Uh, sorry. Right. So we started off with Kurt Henning and Nord the uh, Barbarian, and uh, a shocker, uh, Nord with the big boot to the face wow. gets the snake eyes on uh, Kurt Henning. The perfect roll on Kurt, and was able to sneak out an early pin, uh, which shocked the the audience there. Uh, Nick Bockwinkle took on Rick Rude. Uh, Bockwinkle won with the Bockwinkle sleeper pretty easily. Rick Rude came in uh, for uh, Nord. Uh, Nord put a lot of damage on Rick, uh, but uh, you know, in the end, uh, Rick did hit the Rude Awakening and did uh, get the uh, get the win there. Bockwinkle versus Kurt Henning, an old uh, AWA title rematch there. Um, Bockwinkle won that one with the figure four leg lock. Uh, then we had Rick Rude versus Kurt Henning. Uh, you know, right now at that point, uh, Kurt had lost two matches. Rude uh, was one and one. Kurt Henning picked up uh, the win with the Henning Plex, putting both men at one and two. That left it up to uh, Nick Bockwinkle and Nord the Barbarian. Bockwinkle was able to submit uh, with the Bockwinkle sleeper. He was able to submit Nord. However, due to the tiebreakers, uh, you know, Bockwinkle did win the bracket. Due to the tiebreaker uh, setup I have, Nord came in second place in the bracket, and we'll move on, knocking wow. out Kurt Henning and Rick Rude. Wow. Nobody saw that one coming. No, so. I mean, Rude could have been a contender, you know? I mean, so yeah. Kurt. Like, yeah, wow. All right. Yeah, yeah Kurt, yeah, they, they had that one match against each other. Kurt did uh, take out Rick Rude, but it, it was that it was that snake eyes uh, uh, from Nord on uh, Kurt that was really the difference. Was Nord, was Nord standing behind you with his sword when, when you ran this, <laughs> or when you determined yeah. the tiebreakers, or what? I mean, it's... I, I have with the whole tokens and things like that. But, but I mean, he, he was putting a hurt on everybody though. He he got about, he he almost bloodied Rick Rude too. Like he had like four tokens on him before Rude was able to get a Rude Awakening. He he had most of the offense. And um, you know he, he, he you know I think Nick got him pretty quickly, but at least the other two he was very competitive and he won it. So I, I don't know, I'll give it to him. I don't know. That that seems like a Corey Olson rigged result with uh, <laughs> the guys. Or I don't know. Oh, oh. oh sorry. Uh, wrong guy. Wrong wrong wrong, wrong uh, version of him. But uh, yeah, so uh, Nick Bockwinkle will go on a little as, berserk as there for a second. There, but, yeah, <laughs> a little berserk there. All right, moving on to the mid-Atlantic bracket. Uh, this is an interesting one, and definitely a lot going on there. Um, uh, Tully Blanchard, Barry Windham, Tommy Rich, and Johnny Valentine were the the four that uh, made it into this bracket. Oh man! Started off with the the Horseman battle right off the bat. Tully Blanchard versus Barry Windham. Blanchard wins with the slingshot. Wow. Man, that Barry Windham card is no joke, too. So that's, that's, that's wow, not. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we had Tommy Rich against Johnny Valentine. Tommy Rich uh, got a lot of offense at first, but then it was just a barrage of atomic skull crushers. I'm sure you're familiar with that, uh, there, Sam. Johnny Valentine. Uh, and he will. Yeah. Yes, yes. And in the end, Johnny Valentine was able to get the pin with uh, an atomic skull uh, crusher. I think like his fourth one, he hit the match and was able to get the, the win there. 
then we had Tully Blanchard versus Tommy Rich, and uh, this one, uh, Tommy Rich was a uh, wildfire there. He put he bloodied up uh, Tully Blanchard, and in the end was able to win with a Thez press. Nice. Then we had an interesting match here. Johnny Valentine versus Barry Windham, and Barry Windham beat Johnny Valentine from pillar to post, hit multiple lariats, and Johnny Valentine kept on kicking out. Wow. Eventually six tokens on him and still kept on kicking out. My God. And in the end, uh, unfortunately, you know, not a great finish for the crowd. There was a count out win by Johnny Valentine over Barry Windham. It looked like Barry was going to get it. (laughs) Yeah. looked like Barry was going to get it and tie up the whole bracket. But in the end, Johnny Valentine did sneak out a cheap victory. Uh, we had Tommy Rich then take on Barry Windham, and uh, this one was not as much in Barry's favor. Uh, Tommy Rich beat him pretty pretty handily, but uh, in the end, Barry got got a little uh, pissed off and got himself disqualified. But Tommy no. Rich got the win there, and then it came down to Johnny Valentine and Tully Blanchard. And the way the uh, it all kind of worked out, if Tully was able to get a pin victory, he would have won the bracket. Um, and, uh, you know, Johnny Valentine, Tommy Rich, both still in contention in the end, though, Tully got a little, uh, got a little aggressive there, got himself disqualified as well. Not the best end of the bracket, you know, it was looking real promising at first and then kind of fell apart a little bit, but, uh, in the end, Johnny Valentine wins the bracket. Tommy Rich comes in second and both of them will move on. Uh, to the knockout. Wow, no horsemen moving on from Mid Atlantic. No that seems that seems like it yep. shouldn't have. Although, although Johnny Valentine is a, is a pretty uh, Johnny Valentine's tough. Yeah, that, that's that, that's former no, Canada no, no, Cup winner. Former Canada Cup winner right there uh, as well. Uh, Kevin Butcher uh, brought him to the championship a couple of years ago. He's, he's he's a strong card for sure. A very strong card. Like, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, there we go. So you so the Johnny Valentine wins the Stu Lowry bracket, and yes. Nick Bogdan wins the Corey Olson bracket. There we go. It's yes, only because exactly. we haven't signed Paul Jones. Um, That's right. Yeah, Paul Jones is in there. He would have had it easily. Three easily. three zero pin, plus five finish. Not a down three on the card. Well, what, you, we, 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 you, you, down, you downgraded him to a plus five finish. I didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Stu. Forgive me, um, man. Uh, so, so we fun. have have. I have like eight more brackets here um, in in the opening rounds here. I got the Beauty and the Beast bracket. Uh, I got the New Is York. Is that the Tim Dalton bracket? That's right. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, we got the New York bracket. We got the... Oh, I don't even know what this is. I guess it gets kind of like, oh, uh, piney, you know, early TV bracket. We got the Memphis bracket. We got the Vintage bracket, the Heavyweight bracket, and then the uh, U.S. and International TNT brackets. Those are our last eight there. So uh, I'll see which ones we do next. I think it might be. I think New York uh, New York no, might make it to the next time. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um. Nice. All right. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to, to seeing where we go next. And, and of course, promoters, if you've been following along, uh, you're all up to date and, uh, you know that come Galacticon, 
Todd's going to finish this thing off live in Waterloo, Iowa. That's right, baby. That's uh, right. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun, and you can you can place your bets now uh, for a ten percent brokerage fee. I'll gladly uh, handle that. Uh, no, kidding. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Mike, what about you? What have you been rolling? Have you had a chance? Sam Fain's comments are not a reflection of Phil Singer games. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny you mentioned that. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, what about you, uh, Mike? You been, you been playing anything? Got any future shot going? Any legends? Any you know? I I, I do actually. I, I, I've posted uh, first two cards of twenty one eighteen on the boards, so people can check it out there. And I've got. Two more cards, uh, run. I'll probably post, uh, the next one on Saturday morning. Um, you know, try and, you know, uh, keep some, uh, interest going there. And I'm, I'm updating my, uh, future shock standings live as I, uh, go through it. So it's, uh, I'm hoping people like it. But yeah, Minister Wars, uh, still got my, uh, still got my big belt. So I'm, uh, um, you know, kind of, I'm just as excited as everybody else to see how, you know, how all this scoring comes out and having the belt does matter because you get the bonus points and, you know, Urchin had the tie, wound up uh, winning the title for me, uh, the uh, Primus Carnage belt. So that's, he's been earning a few extra points. So it's uh, um, definitely keeping things interesting. Nice. So, you know, right now I think that the, the big, the, the stunningly, the, the, the galactic rebels have started out really strong against future shock. And I think that's probably the biggest surprise so far. Everything else is really close. That one so far has been all galactic rebels. Um, so, the drama. um, you know, urchin having that title Sunday. belt does help, but right, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, but it's, uh, they've, it's been, Fairly one-sided. I think it's uh, it's like twelve to four so far. Um, other than the CDA and Murdoch's army, which is eight two. Well, actually, I'm spoiling there. It's four nothing as far as anyone knows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, er- everything else is is you know within four points of each other. Um, it's it's that one. It's just that it's pretty surprising so far with it. But I'm sure future shock Magnus called the old uh, rally the troops and, and make some stuff happen. Well, I'm sure the promoters will be staying tuned. What's that, Todd? I said money talks right there. Nice. You can make things happen. Indeed, indeed. Um, well, you know, over in my neck of the woods, I started a new endeavor. Um, and I will hopefully have the opportunity to do some editing work and actually put it up there for all to see. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a little, little unofficial offshoot here. In fact, I'm gonna, I'm paying homage to, to the efforts that we've put in over the past year or so. Here on Roll Up, I'm, I'm going to call this thing unofficial roll, uh, because it is unofficial. It is not, it is not tied to Phil Sayer Games in any way. Uh, but, uh, I thought it would be fun to do some, do some videos, do some playthroughs and talk about not only, um, you know, what's going on in my fed, but also about just the way I play the game and, and talk about, you know, booking and roster selection and, you know, the materials that I'm using, all that sort of stuff. And obviously inspired by some of the stuff that, you know, Grant's been doing, of course, you know, Brock's been doing live playthroughs and there are other promoters out there that have done, done this, uh, for, for a lot. I'm by no means an innovator in any way. Uh, but it just gave me an opportunity to, to play. And I figure, Hey, I've got the equipment and I'll just turn the camera on and see what happens. So 
uh, I, I had fun doing it, um, and put together kind of an exhibition card, uh, uh, with 10 matches on it just to run some stuff. And, and as, uh, Todd mentioned earlier, of course, Johnny Valentine, someone I'm very familiar with. He is my current world heavyweight champion, bested Luthez a while back in my legends fed. Uh, and one of the things that I've been doing in, is trying to run separate territories under an NWA banner. Uh, of course, mine's the National Wrestling Association. Um, and, uh, it, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I ended up deciding to focus a, a little bit on Chicago and a little bit in San Francisco with my Golden Gate wrestling promotion, uh, and got to feature some talent that I haven't necessarily played a whole lot with, uh, and had a lot of fun, had some really good matches. Uh, some of the people that really showed up to play Pat Patterson and the destroyer had an awesome match. Um, I also had a fun match with Wild Bull Curry and Lightning Rod Fenton, uh, which I just threw together for the heck of it. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Also had my main event title match between Johnny Valentine and Bobo Brazil. Um, and then got down to business over in Golden Gate and had uh, a really, really great time, uh, including a, a tag team main event between the Blonde Bombers, Pat Patterson and Ray Stevens, taking on the Destroyer, and none other than the World's Heavyweight Champion, Johnny Valentine, because that's right, Johnny Valentine headed out west after his title defense in Chicago, and he'll be appearing in Golden Gate Wrestling for a little while, defending his title uh, against, uh, it looks like it's going to be either against Pat Patterson or the Destroyer. we got to have a match between those two to figure out who's going to end up uh, uh, taking on Johnny Valentine, but we shall see. Another match that I had that I was super excited about uh, was Antonio Inoki and Vampiro, and uh, as promoters may know, I had a match between the two of them not that long ago, and Vampiro beat Inoki, and I was really surprised that that happened, and I thought, well, the next card that I run, uh, I'm going to have to put the two of them uh, in a match against one another, and so I did it, and uh, it did not disappoint. It's one of the best matches I think I have ever played. Uh, by the end of the match, both men had five tokens on them, so a total of ten tokens between the two of them, uh, uh, and yeah, just, just had a lot of fun, and it was great to be able to talk about just my play style and I actually had a lot of fun kind of discussing my roster selection and the logic behind why I put together the roster I put together and how many men that I had and uh, you know, my intentions on maybe moving people in, in and out and, and just kind of trying to keep the creativity flowing. And you know, I talked earlier about Mike having kind of those branching storylines, those branching pathways. And that's been important to me because I just feel like you can't get married to uh, a, a particular outcome or hope for a particular outcome. You really have to just kind of be okay with however the dice will, will roll and, and be be prepared to go, you know, in multiple directions. Um, and it's one of the things that makes the game so much fun. So, uh, I will be editing and posting those videos soon, I hope. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I plan on keeping it up for a while at the very least. And, and it's a good way to kind of get me rolling. Uh, and, and, and I've been totally old school on this, uh, pen and paper, uh, rolling the dice, uh, you know, not, not relying on a computer at all, uh, other than, you know, hooking up my, my camera to it. But, um, so yeah, so I, I look forward to sharing that with folks and, and hearing what, uh, what people think. Uh, it's been a lot of fun using the referee uh, card as well. I hadn't really used the referee card hardly at all before this, but I made sure to use the referee card for every single match. Uh, and it, and it definitely came, you know, it, it, it came into play. Like, uh, uh, James Beard, unfortunately, has been getting shortchanged here, uh, not, not getting to ref very many matches, but Dick Whirl and, uh, uh, 
Joey Morella have refed quite a few matches and there. And, and, and again, the card has definitely impacted the outcome of a couple of matches, which is fun. So poor Joey Morella. He, he, he became the object of, uh, some ire on a couple of occasions for his slow count. But, um, yeah, I really look forward to sharing that and uh, hopefully hearing from promoters and, and talking about, you know, just the way that we all play the game, because I think it's fascinating. And I've learned so much by listening to other promoters and, and reading other promoters results. Uh, and and it's just a lot of fun. And it's kind of, again, one of the driving factors of the game. And I think one of the reasons why those virtual cons have been so much fun, because we get to talk about the game just as much as we talk about, you know, real life wrestling, too. Um, so, yeah, yeah. There it is. Um, Mike, you got anything else, sir? Just uh, wishing all of our friends on the Baltic a good evening. Todd, anything else from you? Uh, let's see. Uh, you know, more information on Galacticon uh, to come. And, uh, and then also uh, teasers will start up. Uh, probably in, in, in early June, it looks like at this point. So teaser season and not, not, not before June starts, but uh, yeah, sometime early June, we'll, we'll, we'll be starting those off then. Fantastic. Well, we promoters. Oh, Todd, you guys, we got a little more runway before Galacticon than we usually do, you know, being in late July and all right. that. Right. So, there you go. You know. Uh, promoters, thank you so much for joining us. I hope everyone has a fun and safe Memorial Day weekend. Uh, my birthday's on Saturday, actually. Uh, so I'm gonna have a great weekend and, uh, uh, keep the dice rolling and, and enjoy this game. Enjoy, enjoy it old school if you can. Roll some dice on a table. Um, and if you can't, go to cotgonline.com. For all of your online gaming needs and, and, and have a blast because that's pretty much how I've played exclusively for the past like 10 or 15 years, uh, other than the cons. So breaking out the cards and the dice, uh, this past week was a heck of a lot of fun. Um, Make sure you're paying attention to the website for any and all information on Galacticon so you can get your tickets and, and uh, join us in Waterloo or virtually. Uh, and, of course, uh, watch some wrestling. There's a lot of it on this weekend. Uh, so in the meantime, take care of yourself. Take care of one another. Stay safe out there. And remember, promoters, to always, always do as I say, not as I do, and roll responsibly. <laughs>